passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome, Browns backers. I'm Chuck Campisi, joined by Tony Dick, and this is Believe in the Browns. And just to give you a quick background on who your hosts are, Tony Dick worked in various capacities with the Browns over the course of 21 seasons with the team. So when he mentions being in the building, it's being in the building. He started with the team as a member of the Browns crew in 91, worked with them up until the time they left for the city who shall not be named. Uh, <laughs> he rejoined the Browns upon their return to Cleveland and served his last nine years with the team as the team's manager of alumni relations before leaving in October of 2015. Tony is also a member of the Pro Football Researchers Association and has served as a research assistant for several documentary projects with NFL Films, NBC Sports, Time Warner Cable Sports Channel, and Epics. Myself, I have experience in the sports industry in various capacities with Major League Baseball teams, NCAA programs, the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where I earned a Super Bowl ring with the Buccaneers. Super Bowl, anybody? 37. 37. Uh, and between Tony and I, we've probably worked about 20 Super Bowls. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Welcome, Browns backers. It's Chuck Campisi here with Tony Dick, and we are Believe in the Browns, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? And before we start, if you do enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and tune in. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. That's at B-L-E-A-V podcasts tony we finally have a defensive staff so joe woods as everyone was guessing is our defensive coordinator um chris kiffin uh who was on his staff is now our defensive line coach uh jason torver who was not on the 49ers staff is now our linebackers coach and Jeff Howard who was on the Vikings staff is now the defensive backs coach so while I understand the having to wait on Joe Woods and Chris Kiffin as I stated last podcast I have no idea why we had to wait on Jason Tarver and Jeff Howard um yeah, yeah, you're not going to get an argument from me on that. Um, I will say this is probably the first week in many a week that I actually may have some positive things to say about the Browns. Um, I mean, I shouldn't. I guess I shouldn't say that. I, I probably have snuck in a positive thing here or there. But I, I like the Joe Woods hire. 
I like all the assistant hires. Um, don't really have a problem with them. I, I shouldn't say I've, I'm not, I wasn't dancing around when I heard them, but I, I certainly wasn't disappointed. Um, but I do have to, I do have to agree with you that, I mean, why it took this long, I do not know. And, and people would ask, well, why does that matter? Well, it matters because, I mean, we are, the reality is we are so far behind everyone else that we we're playing catch up here. And the only way you're going to play catch up with this team is, you know, every team is working hard every day. So every day that you're not working or you don't have a staff to work, you just fall a little bit farther and further behind. Um, Certainly, I think you know we're gonna maybe not completely rebuild this defense, but I think it's it's probably gonna get tweaked severely. And you know when when those types of things happen, um, you you want to get on it as soon as possible. And um, and then oh the other thing, uh, it's always nice to have people in the building that are gonna be coaching to kind of talk to your scouting staff so we know who exactly it is we're looking to draft or at least what type of player. We're, we're looking to draft so that they can start to look through the film and find those people. Um, we're way behind on that. So, um, which is probably the worst thing, you know, that being behind on the coaching end is one thing being behind on the scouting end is probably the worst thing that's going on right now because, because we are talent deficient and we are so far behind everybody else we can't afford to miss on picks in the draft but that's par for the course for the browns right i mean this is 20 years repeat you know rewind play rewind play rewind play time after time after time i mean and some of the things you said yes we hired tc mccartney as well um to help as an offensive assistant one would assume help with the quarterbacks but we still do not have a quarterbacks coach um a very unimportant position in the NFL. <laughs> and you're mentioning the scouting side. We still don't have a director of college scouting, and we still don't have assistant general manager. And I'm not saying you need those positions. It's not like the scouts don't know what they need to do. But it's nice for them to have the proper reporting lines and to get all of those pieces in place before everything takes place. With the draft coming up, I mean, it, it, and yes, it's in April, but that's not really that far away. Yeah, well, and and you certainly, you know, as you stated, the guys know what they need to do. But at the same time, you don't want to have a room full of lone rangers. Um, you, you know, it's always good to have somebody run a point, given direction. And you know, I don't know. I maybe maybe they've got some new way of doing things that we just don't know about yet and maybe that's what we're waiting on um i you know for them to unveil that uh that master plan i i I don't know you know the funny thing is i talked to other people on other teams and they have been they have been full steam ahead on the draft and on on evaluating players and going to a senior um you know the senior bowl I, i mean all those things and and i don't believe at least i haven't seen any indications that we're we're doing the same. So, um, I don't know. It, you know, it's one of those things where maybe all these other teams are wasting their time, like actually, you know, physically staring at people and watching film. And, and we're just going to hit, um, you know, the, the enter button on the computer and run a couple analytic well, programs. And, and I would say, I, I do think the, the underwear Olympics is, is highly overrated. Um, Oh, we're not of, even talking to people, uh, though. Uh, in mean, terms of the NFL combine. So so not necessarily, but you still need to be at those things. You need to have your staff at those things. because. And I think what you just said is 
is the key piece of those things. You need to have the conversations you have with the potential players that you're going to draft at those types of events, I think are much more key than how's this guy performing in the 40, how many times because he bench press, you know, 225 pounds. Because I know, you know, it's always um, third and seven bench presses uh, to get a first down, right? Some of this stuff is just completely and totally inconsequential in my mind. So so I don't worry about some of those pieces, but I agree with you. And it goes back to what you've said multiple times. You know, the character issue seems to be a problem, and we seem to be challenged in terms of evaluating that from a player standpoint. And I just hope that these guys are putting something together or can have at least a modicum of insight. I mean, you don't have to nail everything. You're never going to nail everything but at least have an idea of guys who might fit with these coaching staff, fit in this building. And I think, I agree with you, that's where the delay becomes an issue. And that you're just getting these coaches into the building, you still don't have all the pieces in place from a scouting standpoint, yeah. and then how much farther are we getting behind? Yeah, and this falls under the, uh, if the head of the fish stinks, the whole fish stinks scenario, because we went through the same exact scenario when it came to hiring the coach. So, I mean, if, if you... You know, it's it, it, apparently it's um, ingrained in the DNA of the of the team. I mean, everything that everything that is done is done last minute. It's done kind of in a haphazard fashion, and the results are what they've been for the last twenty years. So, um, but like I said, in, in that all being said, I do I do like um, the Joe Woods move, and, and I do feel like this is. Maybe the the only coach or, or the first coach in this this changeover that they can honestly say they 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 got the guy that uh, they, they probably wanted. Um, yeah, and I, and I would agree with you. And and I think the coaching hires are solid hires across the board. I, like you, I'm not necessarily wowed by any single one of them. The concern I have specifically with the defensive side and a lot on the offensive side is. On the defensive side, every single one of these coaches is in this role at the NFL level for the first time. It's the first time Joe Woods has been a coordinator. It's the first time Chris Kiffin's been a defensive line coach. It's the first time Tarver's been a linebacker's coach. And it's the first time Jeff Howard's been a defensive backs coach. They've all been assistant position coaches or just position coaches. And that's a learning curve where you have your entire defensive staff and a good portion of your offensive staff in these roles for the first time and I don't know how that's going to work oh, it worked out well for Freddie Kitchens it worked out well for Freddie Kitchens <laughs> I mean he's getting paid for the next four well, years you so. know, and the reason I, not to kick Freddie I mean he's out the door we should probably stop kicking him but, but I mean it's a perfect example of an organization that simply does not learn from their mistakes um, they just you know, I, I don't know. And like I said, I, I don't want to bash these. I guess we have to give them time, right? Isn't that what we're told? We have to give them time to uh, to see if they're going to be able to do pull this off. But I think history tells us that it's just not, you know, having one or two people in a position for the first time is one thing. But, I mean, when you're, when you're GM, your coach, your, you know, D coordinator, I mean, all these people are all doing this for the first time. Um, it's not typically a recipe for success. Um but hey, you know, maybe uh, maybe we'll be the first ones to do it. 
And it's just, it's it, yeah, and it's just a challenge because I think what we had talked about is, hey, it'd be nice to have somebody in the building that had a level of head coaching experience, a level of whatever, and the only person in that building that we have there is Bill Callahan, and I am just not impressed with his track record on things. I mean, obviously he had the great season when they went to the Super Bowl and, and lost in Super Bowl 37. Thank you, Bill Callahan. Um, but the following season, that team tanked. And then at Nebraska, he was barely 500 at Nebraska um, at a time when, you know, he took over for Bo Pelini and, and they were complaining because Pelini was only winning, you know, 10 games a year as opposed to 11 and 12. Yeah. And, and Callahan came in <laughs> shut that down right away and said, well, how about, you know, five or six? Uh, and so I'm not sure if that's the guy you want well, a, as the sounding board yeah. for uh, the staff. Well, I think, you know, kind of the um, the filter I like to run teams through as far as the coaching staff goes and, in, in, you know, as far as judging the talent of the staff would be, to say, hey, if the head coach goes down, let's say Stefanski for whatever reason is unable to coach, who are you going to put in as the head coach? Now, if you look at most teams that are successful um, in this league, they can quickly name at least two or three people on their staff that could fill in right away. I think with this team, Callahan is probably the first name that's going to come up because of the coaching experience. But beyond that, is there anybody on this on this staff that you would feel comfortable, um, you know, making them the interim head coach at any point if something were to happen. I don't, I don't know. Is Stump Mitchell um, is is he a head coach? Um, Van Pelt. I mean, do we feel like Alex Van Pelt could be? Uh, yeah, I would agree with you. I don't think uh, there's I mean, anybody on this staff. I mean, you'd almost have to default to Bill Callahan just because he's at least been a head coach before, and. And you would leave your hopefully then the rest of your offensive and defensive staffs just in place and and pray that that Bill Callahan can get it done um, if if anything were to happen you know and and it, it has happened in the past where yes. coaches has you know had an illness or something like that somebody's had to step in um, so yeah it's a it's a young staff in terms of experience and it's a young front office necessarily in terms of experience in the roles that they've been in. And it will be an interesting season to see. Maybe that will allow these coaches, you know, the hope I have is that that allows these coaches to maybe connect with these players on a level that older coaches maybe weren't able to connect with them on. Um, and then that provides some level of, you know, cohesion and work ethic that, that we hadn't seen. But I, I think that's. Well, there's also the commonality, hopes. too, that. Uh... You don't know what you're doing? Well, I don't know what I'm doing either. We <laughs> <laughs> got a lot in common. Oh, that's so, so there's that. I mean, there's that. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think, I think, you know, hopefully that's the case. Um, you, you know, but even with that, how long does that last? Uh, because I think that 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 starts to you get this buddy vibe, right? I mean, we saw how that worked in in uh, out in Los Angeles. I mean, the buddy vibe. 
you know, it, it got the it got the Rams to the Super Bowl once, but I think the buddy vibe there is starting to wear off to the point where I, I mean, at some point, yeah, everybody will get behind you when you're winning, but the minute you hit a rough patch, I, I mean, are you gonna have the ability as that younger coach who's inexperienced? Are you gonna have that ability to reach into your bag of tricks and find a way to get everybody kind of in line on board? And that's typically, you know, what a veteran coach can provide, right? Is that that experience where, hey, we've been here before. Uh, here's how we can get through it. Whereas a new coach um, or, or a relatively inexperienced coach may be, you know, just as panicked as the players themselves. So um, I don't know. I will wait and see. I, I mean, uh, like I said, I've, I've looked at the schedule and um, I'm, I'm thoroughly convinced we can go seven and nine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's until we actually start playing, we're not going to know. And we, you know, we haven't even gotten to the draft yet, so who knows? We might draft players that we don't even need to coach up. I mean, they're just going to naturally come in here and be ready to roll. Um, well, we'll move on from that standpoint. So we have at least we're going to play the season. We're going to have a defensive coaching staff. We were a little unsure last week if that was going to take place or if we got to do some newfangled thing and not have a defensive coaching staff, but. Apparently, we made it work and said we're going to go to the traditional route and, and have a defensive coaching staff. Um, so I guess good on you. Uh, Cleveland Browns, front office. Now, you had Miles Garrett meet with NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell yesterday about potentially being reinstated. And if he gets reinstated soon, the Browns are allowed to start their offseason program on April 6th, which is, is two weeks earlier than teams that, that do not have a head coach. So they have, I guess you want to call having a new head coach an advantage. They have a two-week little bit of a head start to evaluate the talent that's on the roster. And if he gets reinstated soon, he'll be able to participate in that whole offseason program. Do you think he's going to be reinstated shortly, Tony? And what are your feelings about Miles Garrett moving forward? I I think he has to be reinstated day one. I mean, enough's enough. I mean, I, what he did was uh, certainly idiotic, egregious, whatever you want to tag, you know, whatever superlatives we want to tag to it. I mean, it was not what he should have done. Um, he sat out the remainder of the season I mean, I, I feel like that not only affected, you know, him as a player uh, in his pocketbook, but it certainly affected the team. I think the, the team took probably uh, just as big of a hit as he did, um, and, and I think enough's enough. I, I mean, it, as bad as I thought as it was, I don't think this is something that that we can continue to to hang over his head. And I would think. If it does get to that, then then the union needs to step in and probably get a little bit more clarification as to why that's allowed to happen. Because uh, I, I just think we're, we're setting a precedent here that is just unwarranted in regard to his past infractions and this current infraction. And I would just think at some point the union would step in and say, hey, what's going on here? Um, because it, he has he's served enough time. I mean, let's let's get moving here you know and for this to carry over and taint a second season would, would be I think on the commissioner's part would be a little bit uh would a little bit out of line well and I, and I would agree with you on that I, I do feel he has also served his time and you know with the penalties from the fines to the lack of pay to the sitting out the games to the impact on the team uh I think the the punishment has has more than 
uh, met the crime. But this commissioner has shown no ability to mitigate potential PR disasters of his own making. Um, you look back at, at Deflategate, some of those types of issues, and pretty much any time he's had a chance to screw it up, he's screwed it up. So I would agree with you. It would be unfortunate if he tainted a second season with this penalty carrying over, and it would just be easy to, hey, late in February, reinstate Miles Garrett before the draft takes place, let him take place, take part in the you know, off-season program and just move forward and let all this kind of talk about it take place during the preseason and not really get into the regular season until obviously it's going to be discussed at that Steelers matchup. But I think if you have that game go off without a hitch, then it's not really even going to be mentioned the second time these teams meet in the season. You know, the clip will be played and it'll be alluded to, but I think you can let it die here if you're smart, but I don't necessarily trust Commissioner Goodell to make that decision. Um, I hope he does, and I think it would be best for Miles Garrett, the Browns, and also the NFL, but I don't know if that's going to that's gonna take place. Yeah. Well, I, I guess I, I, would, I would hope that we would get an answer if they, if they met... Um they met this week i would hope we'd get an answer here soon within a week or so i don't i don't understand what would or i don't know what would take you know why it would take any more than that although you know <clears throat> I, I do believe that our commissioner at times it feels like like he's he's trying to dethrone bud selig as the worst commissioner uh, in sport <laughs> I, I mean uh, like he's making an effort to to get that title but um yeah this is one where i think it it's it's something that just needs to go away, and we need to move on. And um, not certainly not making light uh, uh, to the infraction, uh, you know, in regards to what he did. It was obviously idiotic. I think he, you know, everybody agrees. And uh, so let's let's move on. So yeah, I don't think there's anybody on his side of this debate, but I think most folks would would kind of agree that time served. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. Let's get going. Yeah. So as we head into the off season now, Tony, officially, right? We are post Super Bowl completely. XFL has started. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, and it, it seems to be entertaining for folks. So hopefully uh, that'll be good for everybody from a football standpoint. Just get a little football enjoyment out there. We've completed the coaching staff other than the quarterback's coach. Do you think we're going to go into the season without a quarterback's coach? Do you think Stefanski's going to take on that role? Do you think he's going to partner with T.C. McCartney to take on that role? Or are the Browns looking for someone in that role right now? What are your thoughts on that? I think they have to bring in someone that, that is just specific to that position, um, only because uh, we, you know, at least I believe that Baker took a step back in year two. And um, somebody's got to dive into the film and, and go through it and find out, you know, what exactly was going on there. Why did that happen? Was it was it the scheme we were running? Was it uh, you know was it mechanics? Uh, you, you know, was it just maybe the wide receivers? Um, or there's wasn't a connection there. I don't know. Yeah, but somebody's got to dive through the tape, the film, wade through all that, and and take some notes and figure that out. And um, you, you know, just like. You know, like a Tiger Woods with a swing coach, 
I mean, I, I think it's important to have somebody that's always constantly looking at your stuff, no matter how good you are, um, because, it, you know, there's always room for improvement. And, but I think it has to be someone specific to that job. You can't – Stefanski has enough stuff on his plate. Oh, I agree. I mean, I, I just – adding another, another duty um, to his list – I just don't. I don't. Unless he just wants to be fired in two years, well then, yeah, pile it on. But uh, I, I think bringing somebody in would, would probably benefit Baker. Um, you know, if 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 he's if he's coach, I don't I don't know if if he'll take the advice. I don't know. I think he will after the season they had last year. You know, I for as much as you can bash him for the cockiness and all that type of stuff, I think he is a guy that truly desires to win and will attempt to do what it takes to win. Uh, whether he can do those things or not is, is a different story. But I don't think – I wouldn't question his desire or work ethic at this point. Um, you know, maybe in another year if we don't see any progress. But I think last year was a bit of a lost cause just given the staff that was in place. Yeah. So, well – any final thoughts? We'll wrap up a kind of a quick one here, Tony. Any final thoughts before we hit the road? Well, I, I just want to. I, I feel like we would be remiss if we did not uh, mention the uh, the passing of uh, Swagger. Uh, um, it, you know, I think probably the most consistent thing, um, you know, when it came to home games um, for us was uh, Swagger running out of that tunnel. I mean, I think he was the one guy that was given one hundred percent all the time, and. Uh, you know, it was an example for everyone. Show up, do your job, and then uh, go home. And uh, sad to see him gone, but uh, good to know that his uh, his son will carry the torch for the family. And uh, God bless. And he's probably up there, you know, across the Rainbow Bridge, and it's unlimited snacks. And I don't know, he's probably watching, uh, you know, old film from the 40s and 50s of the Browns. Uh, yeah. You know, living high off the hog. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. It was so quick, you know, six. Uh, passing away at six, I think all of those losses took their toll on, on poor old Swagger there. So all dogs go to heaven, so we got we got nothing to worry about. Yeah, worry true about. that. Oof, oof. <laughs> all right, Browns backers, that's all we got for you here. And we are Believe in the Browns, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Again, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. That's at B-L-E-A-V Podcast. If you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Chub check and uh, swagger forever. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.